0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: listening to scott wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth you call these bagels it's bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel Hour number two of Eagles and Bad Beats on this Monday morning. Six and a half minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. Again, 844-843-6879. As we're talking a little NFL football, did have some NBA with the Denver Nuggets rallying from 19 down in the fourth quarter uh, to beat the Clippers. Force in deciding game seven. NHL, you had Tampa Bay knocking off the islanders 4 1. So they lead that series three games to one uh, on the face of elimination are the Isles. And, uh, you know, terrific. If you're into men's tennis or any tennis for that matter, you had a great, you know, five-set match yesterday, in which you know probably five people watched, literally there and at home on your TV sets. But uh, Daniel Theme rallies from two sets down, three-five in the in the uh, deciding fifth set, uh, and he actually wins it in five sets to win his first major and win, walk away with the championship. In which no Novak Djokovic, no Rafael Nadal, and uh, no Roger Federer, but still. I don't think he's worried about that. He gets to win. Thank you very much. That should have been a Federer win, but we got screwed. Uh, We won't digress. So you actually had some other things. You had a no hitter in baseball, but it is amazing. You know, really, not that we needed any more information or any more examples, but whether it's college football returning for for the most part this weekend, whether it's a no hitter, not just baseball, but a no hitter in baseball. You know, you have a team. You know, like Denver. uh, You know, uh, facing elimination, rallying to beat the Clips. Um, You know, not so much the hockey, but still, it was a playoff hockey game. You know, great final, albeit no Federer to now or or anywhere else. But, you know, you had a great, uh, you know, championship match yesterday. And it was just a blip, just an absolute blip on the radar screen uh, because it's opening day, perhaps. But uh, just the NFL just overshadows everything. And you had some good performances yesterday. You had some bad performances yesterday. We're going to give our uh, best performances. We'll give our five worst performances. Uh, and we'll actually, believe it or not, as great as the NFL is, things that uh, annoy you about the NFL that we kind of forgot about, but it was refreshed in our mind yesterday. We'll bring that all coming up next right here. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning with yours, truly, Scott Wetzel, and I promise we'll open up the phones 844 843
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. I don't think Trayvon Dix can believe it. From the two-yard line. Come to the line quickly and get the touchdown by Malcolm Brown. So the Rams with some key third-down conversions. In fact, they were three for three on third down on that drop.
0: Andrew Whitworth with a tremendous reach block on the outside. And what a night so far it's been.
1: NBC with the call last night as the Rams do knock off the Cowgirls 20-17. to 17. Bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning, 12 minutes past the hour. Again, we'll open up the phones here in a sec. We'll do some emails and some tweets as well. Our poll question is out there, and that is, you know, who had the worst performance yesterday in the NFL? <clears throat> we could have opened it up and included the L.A. Clippers. What a joke that was. But we kept it to the NFL. Jets, Colts, Lions, or the proverbial other. Jets leading the way at 43%. Uh, Lions, excuse uh, me, Colts next in line at 23, Lions then at 22. And then the uh, other, uh, as we mentioned, uh, mostly coming in on the Cleveland Browns. A couple of guys mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Ken added to the Browns mix, the crazy Browns. Uh, yes, this crazy uh, <clears throat> Cleveland Browns scenario. So let's continue to run down the NFL, and we'll get to the calls here <clears throat> in a little bit. Uh, we'll start with that Rams game last night. They do knock off the Cowgirls 20 to 17. A pass interference penalty against Michael Gallup wiped off a long pass in the final seconds of the game that would have set up Dallas for the potential game-tying field goal at the 15-yard line of the Rams. Uh, technically, letter of the law, was it offensive pass interference? Yes, it was. The issue is that that is basically on every single play. Although I must say, you know, one of the litmus tests I have with whether a call should be made or not And I know players complain all the time. They do. But the defensive back, in this case, much like in the Bungles game, automatically looked at the ref and complained. And whenever that occurs, I I tend to give a little bit more credence to actually calling a penalty because he's not looking necessarily or asking for a foul that wasn't there. You know, a lot of times a play will end. You know, a couple of seconds. You know, pause the the pregnant pause, and then the you know the defensive back in this case, or a lot of times, most of the time, it's the wide receiver that'll call for the penalty. But when it happens, when the reaction for the defensive back is right away, that then you do know that that did play a role. So I don't have a problem in either case with it being called. I think the Cowboys one was a little less obvious than the AJ Green Cincinnati bungles one was, where he clearly did push off. and that clearly gave him, uh, you know, separation in the end zone to be able to make a terrific catch. But, you know, the Gallup one, they were both kind of jostling. Again, you see this all the time, but, you know, I would have liked to have seen them allow that one, um, you know, versus the Bengals one, if for no other reason the Bengals one allowed Cincinnati or would have to them to win the football game. The Dallas one would have only allowed the Cowboys to try the potential game-tying field goal. So they they were not necessarily deciding it had they allowed the uh, the reception to uh, hold up but they didn't. And, uh, you know, the great, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, the same guy that's asking for 35, maybe $40 million a year, you know, going up against a, you know, a so-so LA Rams defense, right? Last year was just brutal, uh, throws for only 266 yards, 25 of 39 with one touchdown sacked three times. I mean, you know, I, again, you know, I don't know how this guy sits there with a straight face and says, I'm worth $35, 40000000 bucks. I just don't get it. And I don't know how dopey Jerry Jones is actually considering it because he is well on his way to proving himself to be, again, just a mediocre NFL quarterback. You know, better than some of the others, a starter in the league, absolutely. But are you going to win a Super Bowl without a monster defense with Dak Prescott? No, you're not. You You know, you got to find a way to win that game. Only three points in the second half. You had a one-point lead at the half. There was no scoring in the second half. He couldn't move the offense. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. You know, one of the top five for sure running backs in the NFL. You got Amari Cooper on the outside. You got some good young talent in CeeDee Lamb. You got Gallup. You got a couple of guys there, and you're getting three points against the Rams defense. It's just brutal. Just just absolutely brutal. We talked about Saints in Tampa Bay, 34-23 Saints win. Uh, Drew Brees passes Brett Favre for the most attempts in NFL history. Uh, Tom Brady throws for 239 two scores, but he was picked off twice, including one for a pick six third straight game. I did like the fact that they had fake booing noise. There was a tough call and unsportsmanlike penalty against uh, Lattimore or the Saints, and they had the fake noises chiming in with boos from the officials. I don't know if they necessarily uh, appreciated that, but still uh, they had that Uh, really the difference in the game. You know, the the second half early second half seven point game and first possession. Second or third play, Brady gets picked six. That turned it into a 14-point game, and they were playing behind the eight ball from that point on and and never really could recover. I talked about why, I don't know, why Alvin Kamara was in the football game uh, late, you know, literally the final seconds. Uh, I I don't get Sean Payton. He just had his wide receiver, Michael Thomas, leave the game after getting rolled over by his own player. Literally a, a couple of plays earlier, you would think up two scores And uh, Tampa Bay with no timeouts left. There's two minutes on the clock. Take three knees, kick a field goal with 30 seconds left and get the fudge out of there, right? Instead, he's running plays with Alvin Kamara. 99-year-old Drew Brees is still in the game. I mean, that is just dumb. I mean, you you talk about just asking, asking, asking for injuries. Just dumb. And, you know, as much as we talk about the Bungles still being the Bungles and the Browns still being the Browns and the Lions still being the Lions, how, how about the Buccaneers? You know, end of the first half, there's two minutes left. Tampa Bay is about to get the football back, you know, maybe tie the thing up. And the uh, Saints, after the two-minute warning, after now, not, not even before, but after the two-minute warning, Saints faced with a, a fourth down. They come out of the two-minute warning, and they pretend that they're going to run a play. We all know they're not. There's just no way they're going to do it because it's right around midfield or so. But you know what? Why not give it a try? Who knows? We'll see how dopey the Buccaneers are. And how dopey are they? Man, eh, they jumped offside. <laughs> jumped off sides. Gave the uh, world uh, the first out and they're able to score and, uh, and take the lead at, at the half versus the other way around. And, and, you know, that is indicative of the Buccaneers still being the Buccaneers. How about Arizona? You know, one of the uh, many shockers yesterday goes into San Fran and they beat the Niners 24, 20 San Fran with a chance late in the game, fourth and five incomplete pass. No good. And Arizona, which played the Niners tough last year, twice, and was one of my plays uh, for yesterday with my guys. Uh, ends up winning at 24-20, their first win in September since 2017. Think about how bad Arizona's been. That's four basically cracks at it, right? To win a game in three years, and uh, it, it's taken them, uh, you know, the fourth year to do so. Uh, Debo Samuel uh, put on IR for San Francisco, so this might be one of those cases where the Super Bowl loser, like we've seen year after year after year after year. Uh, you know, not be able to uh, get back uh, to the promised land the next year, and not a good sign if you're San Fran as you lose to the Arizona Cardinals 24-20. Who, you know, I hate to admit it because I'm not a Tyler a Kyler Murray fan, but you, know, you give him a lot of credit going in there. And I think you know them. I, I was surprised about the Saints, but I think San Fran, uh, Minnesota you know some of these teams that are really relying on the home team the home crowd to, to rally the troops here we may be seeing the you know the effects of no fans in the stands because boy, San Francisco that that's a tough loss for them that is a really a tough tough loss um you know Seattle and Atlanta this is the NFL it, it really is Seattle beats Atlanta 38-25 And Matt Ryan, you know, you would have thought had the greatest game of his life. He throws for 450 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, just statistically, he was the marvel yesterday, fantasy god, everything else. But if you watch that game, and I did, he wasn't any good. That Falcon offense wasn't any good. You know, it it was Seattle leading from start to finish. Uh, For the most part, they had a two-score game. They upped it to three a couple of times in the second half. You know, Ryan made a little bit of a comeback when the Seattle defense, you know, uh, laid low a little bit. and. It wasn't necessarily Matt Ryan having a great game. Garbage points. This guy, and I don't have any angst against him. I really don't. But he's going to get to the Hall of Fame. He's going to finish, believe it or not, in the top five statistically in most offensive categories for the quarterbacks, whether it's touchdown passes, whether it's yards thrown, whether it's completions. He is going to finish in the top five. And does anybody, anybody in Matt Ryan's even prime think he is a top five all-time quarterback? No way. Yet that's where he's going to end up. And, and because the games like yesterday, team stinks. He falls apart for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, he throws the football all over the place when it's just, you know, go out there and throw. And uh, he throws for 450, but it wasn't even close. You know, Seattle won this game in the first half on a fourth down play that ended up being a 38-yard touchdown pass. And, you know, that gave him a two-score lead. And from that point on, really never looked back to make it 21-12. So, uh, Seattle has improved at 1-0. And that, that was the uh, head-scratcher line movement so that would to Atlanta to a I just understand that as In what was coming up next week for that Kyler Murray hops inside the ten. Murray turning on the speed, and Kyler Murray puts the Cardinals on top with 10:26 to go.
0: It's all about the little things, and I'm going to tell you who does a great job is this young man right here, Chase Edmonds, who's going to create space for Kyler Murray because his ability to pick up Kwan Williams and turn him outside. Great block downfield by Max Williams. And Kyler Murray in space is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. And we just talked about what he brings to this table, man. Pete, he's a thrower that can run, not a runner that can throw.
1: Bagels at that beach on a a, uh, Monday morning, 844-843-6879. Fox Sports there uh, with the call as Arizona pulls off really one of the three uh, major upsets of the afternoon yesterday as the suicide pool players, survivor pool players, depending on how you want to call it. Boy, I'll tell you what, I've long stated that, you know, give me week number 7, 8, 9, 10 when you have 7, 8, or 9, 10 less teams to choose from. But uh, I find it way, way easier to pick games then that I do the first couple of weeks of a regular season. You just don't know which teams are coming to play this year and which teams aren't. And which teams may be surprise teams? When, you know, whether it is the Arizona Cardinals, whether it is the uh, you know uh, Washington Redskins, or maybe Las Vegas turns out to be a great football team, or the Bear. You just don't know. I mean, there's so many variables. Get into the you know second month anyway. Get into October, and to me, it eases up so much. So, but Survivor, if you will, pool players. San Fran gone. Uh, Indianapolis wiped out a ton of people. Gone. Eagles wiping out a ton of people. Gone. But I will tell you, even Detroit, to a certain extent, gone. I I will tell you, the only one that has the excuse in my eyes are the San Francisco 49er players. Why? Because there is a cardinal rule in these survival pool games, and that is do not put your money on road teams. Just don't do it. I know when everything is said and done, you know, just as many road teams win as home teams for the most part. Um, But I, I tell you, These road favorites, when it comes to these survivor pools, they just kill you. They just absolutely kill you, and that's the rule that you have. So, if you played road Indy and road Philadelphia, even though there are no fans in the stands, you'd think you'd have the excuse this year, but not the case. Overall, you know, how great are the boys in Vegas? 14 games so far being played, if you want to count Thursday night's game and why not. Um, Seven winners for the underdogs, seven winners for the favorites. Straight up and against the spread. We've yet to have a favorite win, uh, but not cover. How crazy is that? And then over-unders, nine overs so far and only five unders, which is surprising to me because I, I really thought that would be the other way around. But, um, you know, whether it's week one or week 17, you could always play offense. It's it's amazing in the NFL. So, And a lot of the numbers were low. They, they, they were posted uh, this week in the low 40s. So, uh, you know, a Buffalo 27-17 game goes over. You know a Baltimore 38-6 win over the Browns, only only 44 points that goes over. You know of Washington, Philadelphia, 44 points, 27-17, that goes over. So uh, we had some modest numbers posted versus really big time, big time scoring games, but nine and five over. Uh, is the case uh, heading into these two games later on tonight. All right, uh, 844-843-6879. To the phones we go. Uh, We'll start with a good buddy, John. Oh, John dropped. I'm sorry, John. Uh, You know what? We'll uh, we'll open up the phones here in a little bit. Uh, That's okay. Sorry about that, John, and a few of the others that were on hold the first hour. Uh, Feel free if you want to hop on board. Here are some things I I wanted to get to this stuff anyway. You know, we all love the NFL. It's all great. You know, NFL is back. You know, cross your fingers. We get through 17 weeks in a postseason. But, you know, you tend to forget about certain things, and it took about uh, about a half hour for me to get uh, the reminder of the NFL is not all rosy. And, and, you know, here are a couple of things that they kind of like was, okay, you know what, that's right. There are some issues with the NFL, as much as we love football being back. Uh, how about the uh, touchdown being called? You turn the channel. And then you turn back, you know, just to check out the extra point or what have you, and it's not the same score. Or you see the scroll that happened to me a couple of times on the bottom of the next game that I went to, and it says after like a couple of minutes, you know, the old score. And I'm like, wait a minute now. Is this scroll that old? I mean, did I miss something here? I mean, you know, I just saw the uh, Green Bay Packers score a touchdown. How are they not leading it 17-7, to whatever the case may have been? Uh, then you go back to that game and you realize the Packers still have the football. And you say, "How was that possible? They just scored. Did we, you know someone turn the ball over? No, it was the delayed, you know, referee step in penalty flag. That happened a couple of times yesterday. It happened a gazillion times last year, where you know if you're a master flipper, as me and my daughter Ashley are, you know, we we have uh, you know now I got this new uh, the, the new TV. I don't have Direct TV. I got another little service. We'll say, and they don't have that screen where it's got the eight games." So you got to go to each individual game, which is a bit of a pain, but, you know, I'm saving a lot of money, so knock on wood. Um, so, you know, we saw Green Bay was one. I, I think New England may have been another, uh, but there were a couple of games where I'm watching it. I see a touchdown. I change the channel. Two minutes later, I see on the bottom of the scroll, you know, the old score. I'm like, what the fudge? What happened? I go back to the original game, and lo and behold, it's because the touchdown was wiped off the board on a delayed. I mean, I don't wait, you know, like a half a second to change it. I'll, I'll wait like two, three seconds uh, to make sure, you know, see them celebrate everything else. So the delayed officials call big pain in the ass for sure. Helmet to helmet hit. Uh, you know, listen, I get it. I, I I do. But, you know, a lot of these helmet-to-helmet hits, again, you could call that on every single play. Every, literally every single play, there is a helmet-to-helmet hit. And they don't call it. But they do call it sometimes. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just don't know. But when you see a nice play wiped out because of a helmet-to-helmet helmet hit or two guys just colliding and the helmets actually hit, ugh, I just hate that call. I, I just do. Um, how about the referees yesterday? You know, they're uh, wearing the face mask, which, okay, I, I get it. But, again, you know, it's a lot like as we've talked about, you and I walking into a bank and, and we have to wear the face mask. But uh, do we touch the same pen that a 1,000 other people touch? Yes. Do we know Do we hit the same numbers on the keyboard that 1,000 other people have hit? Yes, we do. But we got to wear that face mask. All the other precautions get thrown out the window. Same thing here. You know, you got the referees, all this face mask. They must be dying. Meanwhile, you got 22 players on the field. You got all the players on the sidelines. For the most part, you got the coaches on the sideline, all the line judges on the sideline. No one else has got the face mask on, but they are the referees. You know why? Because they're on TV, I suppose, and they want to put across this great image. But it's just a little goofy when you have everyone else not wearing the face mask, and yet it's the officials that have to. Uh, And then the old proverbial, oh, I got to love. I love this one. I really do. It's a pet peeve of mine. I understand why they say it, but, you know, when you get the announcer on a close play, whether it's third down, fourth down, and heck, it could be first or second down. I suppose it really doesn't matter. And you're not sure if it's a first down. And what do they say? Well, it all depends on the spot. Yes, we know that, guys. We know it all depends on the spot. Everything all depends on the spot. I get that. Pick a side. Do you think it's a first down or don't you think it's a first down? You know, I get it's whether the lines judge makes it a first down or not, but you tell me. Forget about what they're going to do. What do you think? Did the running back or wide receiver get the first down or not? It's just, you know, again, a little pet peeve when they say, well, it all depends on the spot. Or when they say, you know, with 35 seconds left, you know, there's plenty of time. No, no, there's not plenty of time. You know, there's time if you want to move the football down the field, but there's not plenty of time. Thirty-five seconds is not plenty of time. It's some time. You know, when you got to go fifty yards to get into field goal range, some time, yes, but plenty of time, no. Minute and a half would be plenty of time. Thirty seconds that we hear all the time is is not uh, plenty of time. So. Those are, you know, a couple of pet peeves of the NFL world that uh, just reminded me that not everything's so rosy when it comes to the uh, the NFL. Uh, we are eliminating, again, at the, at the beginning at the top of the show, I mentioned it. You know, I got five things that I'm just not buying into. And it's not going to take me two, three, four games like it normally does. Uh, I'm not buying into Kirk Cousins. Just just not. You know what? Uh, yesterday was the, the final dagger. Not that I ever really was. But it usually takes me a few games to realize that Kirk Cousins is just a bad quarterback who's can throw the football 300 yards, couldn't win at Michigan State, really couldn't win at Washington. Uh, I don't care how much money the Minnesota Vikings give this guy. He is what he is. He's a mediocre quarterback, and he'll never beat the big-time quarterback. So not buying into Kirk Cousins, not buying into Phillip Rivers. Again, same thing. You know, I didn't necessarily buy into him to begin with. Didn't think he would be great. But I, I left it out there that maybe, just maybe, uh, that he would be a better quarterback uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, but we saw yesterday that's not going to be the case. Not buying into the Cleveland Browns. Again, not that I necessarily was, but Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. He's not an NFL quarterback. Kevin Stefanski is what he is inexperienced first year head coach, exactly what the Browns do not need. They should have hired Mike McCarthy. You know, I thought it was a good hire for Dallas, but he really should have been over there, or at least a veteran uh you know a head coach that's been through the wars and everything so not buying into the Cleveland Browns gonna bet against them every single week Detroit Lions same thing Matthew Stafford or no Matthew Stafford not buying into him you know what Matthew Stafford showed why he's Matthew Stafford yesterday uh nice little game thrown for a, a touchdown and, and uh, 250 plus yards but when push came to shove, after the Bears cut it to a one-score game, what does Matthew Stafford do? He throws an ugly pick, sets up the Bears inside the Lions' 35-yard line. couple of plays later, Bears score, and uh, there's your ball game for all intents and purposes. Although they did move down the field, I will tell you. DeAndre Swift drops what would have been a sure, sure touchdown pass, but he just dropped it. Just, just absolutely dropped it. But that's the Lions. The, the, you know, that's the Detroit Lions. And uh, you know, to a lesser extent, I'm not going to buy into the Cincinnati Bungles. Although I do like Joe Burrow, and I do find myself actually rooting for this team because I think that guy's going to be very, very good. So, but for one week, the Bungles remain the Bungles with the uh, pass interference penalty against AJ Green. So um, they remain the Bungles until otherwise uh, they things uh, things change. I right, bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning. Best five teams yesterday, worst five teams yesterday. Uh, that is all next right here. On He looks a heck of a lot better now. Third and eight, Jackson. Down the sideline, Jackson's got a first down. Sticks the helmet down inside the five for Baltimore.
0: Just a phenomenal human being. He does it both on the field and outside the locker room. Like Ben said earlier, boots on the front.
1: Rogers on the move. End zone for Adams. He's got it. Touchdown, Packers. Standing still and hauling it in from an active Aaron Rodgers. The official. Fox Sports with the call. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday, a little Baltimore-Green Bay action, both coming up winners yesterday. Any thought of Jordan Love taking over the Packers, at least for uh, uh, one week, uh, put him on hold as uh, Aaron Rodgers looked terrific yesterday. Lamar Jackson, any thought of him, you know, last year maybe being a fluke or anything along those lines? Forget about that. Uh, Put that on hold, at least for one more week, as both uh, played great. Both, well, in the case of Lamar, I I tell you what. You know, fantasy-wise, uh, with FanDuel anyway, you know, the numbers on him are just, like, astronomical. They really are. But there's probably more, no more confident of a guy that you could put fantasy-wise uh, in your lineup, paying the money that you have to pay, than Lamar Jackson. He's going to get at, at least two touchdowns, whether it's running or throwing, every single week. I, I bet you could count on one hand how many times he doesn't account for at least two TDs. Again, whether it's running or throwing, and chances are very, very good, it's going to be three touchdowns or more. He's going to run for 95 yards basically every single game, or at least yeah, maybe 95 is a little, but but at least 50 yards every single game. You know, he's going to throw for for 200 uh, or at least a buck 50 every single game. You know, like he did yesterday, and you're going to walk away paying big time bucks for him fantasy-wise. But uh, you know what? When everything is said and done it's going to be well worth it. So uh two nice performances, Baltimore, you know, when we talked about, you know, best performances and worst performances, they have to be near the top. We'll start with our best performances. I think overall, when you consider everything, you know, when it was played, who they were playing expectations, pressures going in, Uh not that defensively, they were great, great, but you know what? I'll take the new Orleans saints performance over Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone was riding Brady and everything else. And, uh, in reality, you know, Saints win it 34 to 23, and you know, for a half it was close, but the turning point again came second half. Brady a pick, and then uh, they they the, uh, the 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 uh, kickoff, and Tampa Bay was able to get or uh, Saints were able to get a quick field goal, so a seven point game. You know, blink of an eye turned to a 17 point route. Uh, And really, for all intents and purposes, that was it, 34-23. So nice job by the Saints and Breeze and everyone else dealing with Brady. Uh, So I'll give them the number one best performance if we're going to exclude, you know, some of the others. Baltimore, number two, you know, certainly, you know, beating a snot out of an inferior opponent is is something you're expected to do. but. They did it. Sometimes when you're expected to do something, that's when it becomes the hardest to do. Thirty-eight to six. Game was over basically midway through the second quarter. And, and really when the Dopey Browns decided to go for a fake punt, miss an extra point, throw an interception. Uh, you know, great job by Baltimore there. We'll go back to Thursday's game with Kansas City. Again, you know, considering who they were playing, the Houston Texans, which I thought was going to be a halfway decent football team. Uh, we put them at number three on our list. Uh, Green Bay would be number four with the Packers. You know what? I, I really did think Minnesota was going to win yesterday, but uh, as I mentioned last segment, I, I'm jumping off the Vikings bandwagon. Not that I was never on with Kirk Cousins, but I'm just not going to allow Kirk Cousins to cost me any more money and any more pool play. I, I'm just not. He, he just can't win these games. Never has, never will. It's, it's silly to ask someone to try and do something he's not capable of doing. And uh, credit the Green Bay Packers. Uh, to go into Minnesota, albeit no fans. I get all that stuff, but still go down there and uh, or up there actually, over there, and, and win that game. In and, in a, you know, a real key, you know, uh, division game. You know, you know, it's, it's a two-prong. You know, you didn't lose, and you won the football game. So it's worth two points. And then number five, you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but hey, listen, I'll give the Arizona Cardinals credit. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins, what, he have, 15 receptions yesterday. But, you know, that's DeAndre Hopkins. You know, let Arizona get into the playoffs. And then we'll see how good Andre Hopkins is. But for one game, a regular season game, I mean, he is perfect for this. Absolutely perfect. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, that's good for Arizona because they're not a playoff team. At least they weren't last year. And they're not talking about winning the Super Bowl. You're not talking about adding a guy that will get them over the hump. You know, a guy that's got a proven playoff record. Uh, You're getting a guy that's got a proven regular season record. And a big-time game, not the case. So, um, let the Andre Hopkins carry this football team through the regular season. Maybe crunch time last couple of weeks when they're on national TV and all the focus is on them. And everyone's talking about how great Arizona is. And we'll see how the Andre Hopkins does. You know, but for now, for one week, you know what? I'll put Arizona number five on our list. Get their first September win in four seasons. Four seasons. That is remarkable. Niners just, by the way, two of thirteen for third and fourth down. Our worst five performances yesterday, I listen, this was uh, much more difficult to limit to 5-1 and in which particular order. I'll start with the number five. That's the Atlanta Falcons. I don't get it. I, I really don't. You know, this is a rare, rare case where the boys in Vegas uh, were, were wrong. Um, that opened up as Seattle being a two, maybe two-and-a-half-point favorite earlier in the week. Uh, it went down to two, went down to one-and-a-half, went down to one, you know, when I was checking it before kickoff, just to kind of get a feel for these things, uh, Atlanta was actually a favorite. They they actually made Seattle an underdog. And I thought, wow, you know, I didn't know if someone was out or what the case was, but, you know, it didn't seem like any significant injury. So Atlanta got all that money and they had no business winning this football game and they did it. So that that's just an awful performance. You're at home for Atlanta. You know, you got Todd Gurley and all these great weapons and Matt Ryan, and you would think on the surface they should be able to win the football game, but the typical Matty Ice just just doesn't get it done until the end when it was garbage time for all the points. So number five is Atlanta. Number four, our beloved Miami Dolphins, just because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know... You know he threw for about 150 yards or so. I mean, you know, what, what is he doing in the game? 191 with three interceptions. I understand maybe you need some extra time for Tua, but he pissed away our season last year by winning, and he's going to piss away our season this year by losing. So I wish Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins would figure out what their what their goal is and what they can do. You know, I don't. You win the games last year, and we blow away the number one overall draft choice, Joe Burrow. And now we got to start him this year, and he's going to what? Go 0 and 4, 0 and 5. Season's going to be over again by the time we're through October. Um, I just I didn't understand it. Throw two in there, let him let him learn on the ropes. I have no problem with that. Awful performance uh, for Miami, scoring just 11 points. Uh, number three, Indianapolis. You lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. That that's just inexcusable. You you just cannot do that. Philip Rivers or no Philip Rivers when you're a Colts team where every win, uh, you know, counts it, it, more so than some of these other teams that have no real shot of making the postseason. The Colt fan thinks they're making the playoffs with rivers there. And it's that, that's just brutal. Just absolutely brutal. The days of Phillip river. He can't throw the football down the field. He just can't. Everything is dink and dunk and dink and dunk. I mean, he's throwing into double coverage, triple coverage. I mean, he just looks like he's lost there. I, you know, This is going to be the transition year for a lot of these quarterbacks. And, you know, they're going to have to maybe learn. Phillip Rivers, done. Tom Brady, maybe. You know, maybe done. Um, You know, Drew Brees looks like he still has it, but we'll see when everything is said and done. And Aaron Rodgers showed he's not ready to kind of, you know, turn the ship over to Jordan Love. But a couple of these guys, boy, awful, awful. Cleveland Browns, number two could have put them number one. You certainly could, you know, losing by 32 points to Baltimore, 38 to six. But I'll keep them at number two just because the expectations weren't great to begin with. So uh, they're number two. And then the worst performance probably yesterday, uh, the the New York Jets. You won't necessarily see it on the scoreboard, losing by only 10 to Buffalo. But, again... You know, midway through the third quarter, Josh Allen's rushing yards were more than the Jets' total offensive yards. I mean, that goes to show how pathetic it was. And if not, probably for a botched field goal, which was actually good, the referees called it no good. That would have made the score 24 to uh, to three. Buffalo cruising third quarter. Instead, they ruled it no good, uh, gave the Jets halfway field position, halfway decent field position. They did score. But for all intents, Sam Darnham was awful. 215 yards, sacked three times. The Jets' offense was just abysmal. Defensively, you know, I, I suppose. But they did give up 300 yards passing to Josh Allen. That takes a lot, you know, to be to to do that. That, that really, you know, you got to be pretty bad to do that. No offense, Josh Allen. So the New York Jets, to me, had the worst performance yesterday of all. Uh, because that was a winnable game, rivalry game, division game. And, you know, it was 21 nothing or 20, uh, 21-3, blink of an eye, and they really were out of it and never really, really into it uh, until late in the game when they cut it to 10. But never, you know, watching the game, never did you think the Buffalo Bills were going to lose that football game. A couple of things here. Coaches outsmart themselves, which I like to point out from week in to week out because it happens every single week. One we kind of mentioned earlier. I'll bring it up real quickly. Carolina head coach Matt Rule. He's got an opportunity to win the football game. He's got fourth and inches, final minutes, driving deep inside uh, a Las Vegas, I was going to say Oakland area, a Las Vegas Raiders territory. And he's got the best running back in the NFL, you know, certainly one of the top two or three. You could have your debate, but Christian McCaffrey, he's in the top three for sure. You just paid this guy, you know, what, $14, $15 million a year. So you would think fourth and, uh, you know, inches, he would be involved in the play somehow, some way, right? Even if you, like, fake it to him, even if you don't have the brains to pass it to him, even if you don't have the brains to run it to him, even if you put them out and, and faked it to him, get the defense going that way, and then maybe pitch it the other way or hand it off the other way. Instead, straight off-tackle, fullback dive that any five-year-old, my daughter could come up with, and it comes up way short, and Carolina turns the ball over, and the Raiders are able to run out the clock and win the football game. You know, you want, you want to outsmart yourself. You want to tell me, well, Scott, the Raiders were all looking at the Christian McCaffrey. So what? Better football teams worry about what the other team will do. Better football teams say, we're going to do what we want to do. You try and stop us. If you can, great. You know, it's the it's the lesser football team that tries to outsmart the other team. You know, well, we can't give it to McCaffrey because the whole world thinks we're going to give it to McCaffrey. So we can't do that. No, no, no. Your either offensive line is good enough to make, a, you know, a, a one-yard gain or it's not. I don't care if the whole world knows Christian McCaffrey is getting it. You need a half a yard. You literally need a half a yard. Again, you can have 11 guys lining up at, at the point of uh, you know, the line of scrimmage where he's gonna run, and you still should be able to pick up a half a yard. You should get the guy to football. Instead, they give it to the fullback, and they don't get it. Man, oh man, oh man. And then the other second pet peeve of mine, it's simple arithmetic. I I I don't get it. You know, again, it's first grade heck, it's preschool arithmetic. Tampa Bay yesterday. Down 11, <clears throat> 34-23. Score a touchdown. Trying to, uh, you know, make it a, a two-score game, 10-point game, right? Touchdown and a field goal. They're down 11. So Bruce Arians decides to go for two. And You know, I did a little double-check on my arithmetic. 34-23, and that and is 11, right? It's, it's not, you know, it's it's 11. So what are the advantages of being down 9 versus 10? Why would you do that? There are no real advantages, except if you just you know, think you're going to score a touchdown in the field going and win the football game. But why would you take the risk of failing on the two-point conversion, as they did, and now having to get a two-point conversion later on after you theoretically score your next touchdown? It doesn't make any sense. Any sense whatsoever to go for two there. Who can, you're not making it a one-score game. If you're going from 10 to 8, okay, I get it. If you're going from 13 to 11, okay, I get it, because now you're bringing the field goal into the equation. But going from 11 to 9 versus 11 to 10 makes no sense whatsoever. But okay. then, he's the head coach. He knows what He's to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. on this uh monday morning a couple of stories here we didn't have time to delve into uh, first up comebacks yesterday chargers down a whole game beat cincinnati washington down 17 nothing beat philadelphia arizona down 20 to 17 late beat San fran bears down 23-6 fourth quarter beat detroit denver nuggets down 19 second half beat the clippers 111 98 and uh, Daniel Thiem down two sets to Love. Uh, then again, down 5-3 in the final set and uh, ends up rallying to win the U.S. Open. So good job by uh, all those players and teams uh, not giving up the fight. <clears throat> Mike D'Antoni gave up the fight with the Houston Rockets. I don't know if we'll find whether that was a mutual decision or not. But uh, D'Antoni no longer head coach at Houston over the weekend. Uh, good luck, new head coach. They're talking about maybe Sam Cassell getting the job, a uh, former player, now assistant coach with the Clippers. i think. how about Billy Donovan? You know, I, I thought he had a pretty good relationship with Russell Westbrook, no longer head coach of OKC. Uh, that, that would make uh, some sense, him going down to uh, Houston. And how, and how about the Rockets and Westbrook getting kicked out of the game? Well, he didn't get kicked out of the game, but he got, uh, you know, Uh, uh, the brother of Rajon Rondo getting kicked out of the game, uh, who was one of the fans there that uh, were allowed to set in because of the, the brother relationship. How weird is that? You know, Uh, that that's Russell Westbrook. He's getting in fights with people in the stands when there's five people in the stands. Good gravy. Uh, Alex Mills throws a no hitter for the, the Cubs. Oh, by the way, uh pal gasol good job by him uh close with the kobe bryant names his newborn after kobe's uh, daughter that passed away gianna so uh nice job uh, paying tribute to uh, to kobe bryant uh baseball you know pretty good series couple of them later on tonight beginning dodgers in san diego key three game set out in san diego uh and then white Sox in minnesota and the al central so uh it's gonna get lost but uh two pretty good series later on tonight nhl you got dallas trying to finish off Vegas. Uh, I do like Las Vegas. I don't do this too often, but I'm going to lay the buck 75 on Vegas. I think they find a way to stay alive and football later on tonight. You know what? I think the Giants knock off Pittsburgh. I'm going to grab the big blue, the New York Giants on the money line. And I don't know why Denver is playing Tennessee in the late team. Like They give me the uh, uh, Broncos as well.